Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. Hey, it's Jesse Waters from Fox News Channel. Hope to see you at my Ag Night on November 2nd. It's going to be a night you will not want to miss. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture, a better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humic Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. The short season of California-grown keat mangoes will wrap up soon. It runs for about six weeks in the months of September and October. Keats are a sweet and large mango variety, with size 4 being most popular, but size 3 is also available. In the U.S., the mango variety is only grown in the desert of the Coachella Valley. The fruit is 100% organic. They have a perfect window as they enter the market when the Mexican season ends, according to Jose Fu with CCH Citrus. In addition, Brazil's mangoes are not quite there in terms of flavor. He says another Another benefit of California Keats is they don't require hot water treatment, something that is said to have a negative impact on a fruit's flavor. As a result, the mangoes retain their distinct taste. Altogether, the benefits of a unique window of supply, distinct taste, as well as being organic and California grown provide these Keat mangoes with a competitive edge. CCH Citrus is the exclusive packer and shipper of the unique California grown organic Keat mangoes. As our growers gradually expand acreage, they enhance their capacity to cater to more supermarkets, prioritize organic produce, according to Fu. Trucking companies that haul crops from fields and orchards to processing facilities and transport packaged produce to ports and retailers have been especially busy over the past several weeks. After three years of drought gave way to heavy rains, tomatoes, almonds, pistachios, and wine grapes were expected to outpace last year's production, according to estimates from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Tom Barcelos, a Tulare County farmer who runs a trucking business, says his fleet of trucks have been stretched thin by the San Joaquin Valley's record-setting pistachio harvest. The CEO of the California Rice Commission says the sector is working to secure a farming future with less vulnerability to climate extremes. Addressing the California Association of Pest Control Advisors in Reno, Tim Johnson says rice producers are starting to wrap their arms around the impacts of climate variability. He said a key to sustaining California rice production may come from sustaining critical habitat. During a drought, $10 million in grants were made available to rice farmers who provided some water to idled fields used by waterfowl on the Pacific Flyway. Way. A proposed decision under consideration by the California Public Utilities Commission would bring changes to a program implemented to encourage private investment in on-site renewable energy. The state's Net Energy Metering Aggregation Program, or NEMA, has led to increased adoption of solar and other renewables by farms, ranches, and other businesses. The PUC on November 2nd is due to consider changes that would effectively eliminate the benefit of aggregation for power used and generated by customers with more than one utility meter. The California Avocado Commission marketing team took advantage of the second annual International Fresh Produce Association Global Produce and Floral Show to announce big changes in how it will manage its marketing program going forward. 2023 marks the 45th anniversary of the California Avocado Commission and its efforts to promote their premium fruit. That according to Commission Vice President of Marketing Terry Splain. 
It was his first show, and it provided an excellent opportunity to meet with customers, the media, California avocado packers and growers, and to share news about the evolution of their marketing support programs. Splain, who has took on the marketing leadership role at CAC in March, has worked with the commission staff and board of directors to set a new direction tightly focused on the California brand with an emphasis on targeting and investment efficiencies. A key part of the plan is to consolidate consumer advertising and public relations activities from two agencies to one and to bring some PR and communications activities in-house. CAC held an extensive agency search this past summer and will be formally announcing the newly selected agency in the coming months. To address the need to bring some communications activities in-house, CAC has hired marketing manager Lori Small in October. Small has extensive communications experience in the food and agriculture categories, including working on the California Avocado Commission account as CAC's prior PR agency for more than a decade. The California Milk Advisory Board has announced a return of its consumer promotion focused on holiday breakfast traditions made special with California Dairy. The annual campaign titled Holiday Mornings Mean More debuted in 2020 and focuses on the California market. Holiday Mornings Mean More communicates messages of family, togetherness, and the importance of celebrating time together over the special breakfast recipes that people spend a little extra time on during the holiday season. The feature promotion menu provides a turnkey solution for busy shoppers where any of the recipes can be scaled up or down to accommodate gathering sizes. The promotion, which runs November 8th through December 31st, will be geo-targeted to around 1,200 California stores, including Ralph's, Safeway, Rayleigh's, Molly Stones, and Cardenas, among others. It will be supported with in-store media and shopper marketing activations. Integrated digital media will include banner ads and in-line recipe pairings throughout Shikri's recipe network, Instacart, targeted email blasts, influencer activations, sponsored social media posts, and targeted display banner ads. California is the nation's leading milk producer and makes more butter, ice cream, and non-fat dry milk than any other state. California is the second largest producer of cheese and yogurt. California products can be identified by the Real California Milk Seal, which certifies they are made with milk from the state's dairy farm families using sustainable farming practices. Join us for an unforgettable evening with Jesse Waters co-host of Fox News at the International Agri Center in Tulare, California. Tickets are extremely limited for this one night only experience and they will sell out. Hey, it's Jesse Waters from Fox News Channel. Hope to see you at my Ag Night on November 2nd. It's going to be a night you will not want to miss. Don't miss your only chance to see Jesse Waters here in the heart of California on November 2nd. Reserve your spot now at myaglife.com forward slash myagnite. Almond Board of California's 2025 goals lay out a series of environmental and input-related standards looking to be met by growers and processors, which has encouraged a trend of reducing the almond's carbon footprint by improving soil health and other measures. Agronomy Solutions Manager with Yara North America, Devin Clark, gave a great talk on this exact subject to consultants at last month's Crop Consultant Conference, where he talked about the idea that emissions means energy that isn't supporting almond yield, which means waste. 
Really, it's a matter of uh, use efficiency, right, in terms of our implements, in terms of our uh, operational practices, in terms of our input management, um, and specifically in the areas of irrigation and water, uh, I'm sorry, irrigation and nutrient management. Those are the two biggest opportunity areas within an almond production system to be able to improve our carbon footprint. And um, there's a lot of areas within the soil health space in terms of soil structure, water holding capacity, infiltration rates, right, and nutrient cycling capabilities within with our biological profile that allow us to be able to be more or less efficient in our operation systems. Clearly, there are multiple practices on the farm that can contribute to that footprint. Clark went more specific on how growers can improve in these areas. Those two areas, as I mentioned, from the 2021 life cycle assessment represent about 72% of the total emissions for almond production. Um, and so that's really significant and that is our biggest opportunity. And so when we think about the way we manage inputs, there's uh, in almond specifically, there was a historical 20, 30, 30, 20 rule in terms of the way we manage nitrogen fertilizer. Now, that was a great rule, but the problem was is that it created the structure for growers to adhere to that explicitly and not understand that crops do not need fertilizer in isolated time periods, right? And so the idea was you would apply 20% up until this point, not 20% at one time. So the more that we can string out our applications in terms of water and crop nutrition inputs to in small doses more frequently to match the demand curve along the entire way is going to give us more opportunities to uh, observe what's taking place in the field and also do tissue testing and things of that nature to make sure that we are on the right track and, and gives us that opportunity to make those corrections. A lot to think about for a grower. So where can they start? There are there are a few tools out there. Um, there there are still going to be some challenges in terms of growers going out and, and, and initiating this process themselves. I think um, because each one of the tools that exist out there, they have limitations in different areas, um, and they may appeal to different end users in a lot of cases. So one may appeal more to one particular food company that you may be working with. One may appeal to different food companies. So there has to be a little bit of guidance. I'd say you know first recommendation would always be go to the almond board and talk to the folks there. Um, there are some really amazing folks that understand this far better than myself and can give you some guidance at least on the right tools, right? And then I think that also working with your trusted agronomist is important so that they can help you uh, better capture some of your operational um, uh, practices within these tools and then provide you insights on every step of the way where you may be able to do that a little bit more efficiently to ultimately reduce that carbon footprint and at the end of the day be more profitable in your uh, farming operations. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Jalstrom. Smart growers know sustainability means managing pests at the same time they manage other priorities in their fields, which is why smart growers know Certus Biologicals. For more than 20 years, Certus Biologicals has been the world's leader when it comes to biological pesticides, delivering proven solutions that keep operations sustainable and growing. Learn more at CertusBio.com. Retail prices of all eight major fertilizers continue to climb in a third week of October, with anhydrous leading the way while farmers continue to hit the fields. Anhydrous climbed 6% on average to $809 a ton, the only significant jump. The average price of MAP increased by about 4% to $791 a ton. UAN32's price jumped by 3% to $418. Three fertilizers reported increases of 1% from last month, with urea at $574 a ton, UAN28 at 
$356 and DAP at $709. There were two fertilizers that showed small gains, potash at $504 a ton and 1034.0 at $612 a ton. Groups tied to exporting and promoting U.S. agricultural groups lauded USA tapping into the Commodity Credit Corporation to fund $2.3 billion in trade promotion and foreign food aid. USDA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack announced USDA will use $1.3 billion for the Regional Agricultural Promotion Program and support for specialty crop industries to diversify export markets. Another $1 billion will be used to help address global hunger. Ted McKinney, CEO of the National Association of State Department of Agriculture was among those who cited that the RAP funding will pick up as the Trump-era agricultural trade promotion program is winding down. ATP was created when the U.S. was in a war with China as a way to help diversify U.S. export opportunities. That program was projected to generate $6.44 billion in farm cash receipts and nearly 15,000 jobs annually. Simply put, this program is a win for farmers, ranchers, and the American economy because it will increase income and create more American jobs in the farm and food sector, according to McKinney. FFA members and supporters from across the country will celebrate agriculture and agricultural education at the 96th Annual National FFA Convention and Expo in Indianapolis. The time-honored tradition will take place November 1st through the 4th. Over 65,000 FFA members from the U.S., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands are expected to attend. The general sessions will take place at the Lucas Oil Stadium. Convention events begin on the first day when Expo attendees can explore various career pathways in agriculture culture and attend leadership workshops. FFA members and advisors can also take their skills to the next level in student and teacher workshops. They'll hear from industry leaders, motivational speakers, and many other guests. Members will get to discuss their agricultural projects on the new student showcase stage. Service will be front and center at the event as members will participate in service projects at the convention center and at various sites in Indianapolis. What are the chances of lawmakers extending the 2018 Farm Bill? USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford. As we all know, the 2018 Farm Bill has expired, putting lawmakers and everybody else into unknown territory. Of course, one option would be to extend the old law to keep programs running. So what are the chances of a Farm Bill extension? Each day that goes by without a speaker, uh, without a budget, and without a Farm Bill, the likelihood of an extension uh, it grows. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack telling reporters Tuesday, very frankly, I think it's fair to say that most people have probably acknowledged that, that there will be an extension. The question is the length of that extension. And what kind of extras that lawmakers might attach to that extension. All the more reason, Vilsack says, to look to other sources of funding for vital programs that farmers need, sources outside farm bill channels, sources such as the Inflation Reduction Act. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Senator Tammy Baldwin has introduced legislation to support organic dairy farmers and help them to address economic challenges like feed shortages and increased costs. The Organic Dairy Assistance Investment and Reporting Yields Act of 2023 will increase investments in the organic dairy industry to ensure resiliency and longevity and works to improve data collection for organic milk production to enhance price accuracy and transparency. The Wisconsin Democrat says in the face of recent headwinds, she's committed to delivering the support dairies need to keep their operations open for generations to come. The legislation would extend emergency assistance to organic dairy farmers facing losses and invest $25 million annually in dairy infrastructure investments. 
Additionally, the bill directs USDA to the viability of an organic safety net program, which would get aid to farmers faster when disasters hit in the future. It's known as the O'Dairy Act of 2023. Gridlock in Washington, D.C., especially in the House of Representatives, is not good for getting serious tasks accomplished. Rob LaRue, president of the National Farmers Union, says a new farm bill needs to get finished. Farmers who are watching a farm bill, that clock is continuing to tick. We already have the initial deadline passed. There still remains at least a small chance that we could get a farm bill done yet this year. But if not, I think we then have to start looking very seriously at a long-term extension because next year is going to be really difficult. He talks about the possible ramifications of a long-term extension of the current farm bill. Any farm bill that we have, and that's why this next farm bill that we're currently hoping to get through sooner rather than later, has to be prepared for what might come. It has to be prepared for that uncertainty. That means we have to have a safety net in place. National Farmers Union President Rob LaRue. USDA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says USDA is providing $2.3 billion to help American producers maintain and develop markets for their commodities. Some of the funds will use U.S. commodities to boost international food aid. A request for the funding initially came from the Senate Ag Committee's leadership, so USDA will be utilizing funds from the Commodity Credit Corporation to address challenges related to trade and food insecurity impacting U.S. farmers and the international community. USDA will use $1.3 billion for the Regional Agricultural promotion program and support for specialty crop industries to diversify export markets. One billion will go to help address global hunger. The Commodity Credit Corporation continues addressing the needs of American producers as significant and unpredictable challenges arise, according to Vilsack. Those challenges impact the international commodity markets and global food insecurity in the face of an ongoing conflict. The goal is to strengthen the U.S. position in global markets. New research from USDA finds that in 2022, 12.8% of U.S. households were food insecure at some time during the year. Food insecure means they had difficulty providing enough food for all of their members because of a lack of resources. The prevalence of food insecurity in 2022 was statistically significantly higher than the 10.2% recorded in 2021 and the 10.5% in 2020. Very low food security is a more severe form of food insecurity, and the 2022 Valence of very low food security was 5.1%, statistically significantly higher than the 3.8% in 2021 and the 3.9% in 2020. In response, USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack says the 2022 household food security in the United States report is a sobering reminder that while the vast majority of Americans are able to affordably feed themselves and their families, too many neighbors struggle to put healthy food on the table. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. 
That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.